fucking monsters. <laughs> Welcome to 91 Octane. I am John. I'm Randy. And on today's episode, of course, we're going under a hood and covering your headlines. We have uh, some makeup to do because you guys wouldn't leave us alone in our DMs. And then nice. also, we're going to discuss F1 to Drive to Survive. And finally, we're going to discuss a track crisis. A track crisis. But before we get into that, don't forget uh, to go to Carrera.cafe, our sponsor for this show. Uh, who might they be? Are you us. wondering? It's us. <laughs> it's us. We pay for this. We stuff. pay for this shit. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. We do it with coffee, uh -huh. some T-shirt stuff. Uh, uh, don't forget to use code Big Willow for ten percent off your entire order. And I promise you, it's the best coffee you'll ever try. Um, I still drink it all the time. Uh, I should probably stop because we don't get high on our own supply. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly we do. But certainly we case. do because it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's get into the show. I'll kick it off this time with a headline. A new DeLorean is coming, Randy, and it will also require 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> really? It's an EV DeLorean. Have you heard about this? No, I actually, or maybe I heard an inkling, but not really. So uh, there's a reimagined electric sports car version of the DeLorean coming out. Okay. And uh, the new DeLorean company has said mm -hmm. that it's not going to be a time capsule. It's going to be a driver's car. Oh, really? Although that's what they said about the original DeLorean. Okay. You know, I mean, it was supposed to be a sports car, right? Yeah. Well, because it's slow, it's not, kind of? Is that what I it mean, is? I don't know if it even handles well. Yeah, not really. You know? <laughs> it only got to 88. I know. I know. <laughs> it couldn't even... <laughs> <laughs> and barely yeah right that, yeah right? yeah see, exactly and there there isn't a lot uh known about this but they have invested time in talking to like fans of the old delorean and you know kind of what old cues they should be paying attention to yes which means that it will have the gullwing doors Ooh, yeah okay so it's gonna be a sports car with gullwing doors a carbon fiber chassis and 300 miles of range because quote niche customers in this niche segment don't need any more than that 300 horsepower you 300 said? mile range oh 300 mile range yeah well if hopefully they stay true to the 300 because as we know with uh weather fluctuations heat and cold it's hard. Uh, the the i3 that you drove when I rented it. Yeah. I was getting range anxiety a lot at, I think that's supposed to be a 150-ish. Range anxiety. Oh, yeah. 150? I think so. I had yeah, 150 is not a lot. I had, the I had the extended one and like a day and a half uh, to work and back. Yeah. It, it, I was I was feeling it. I was worried I would like stop. <laughs> <laughs> and not make it home in an egg. Yes. In an yeah. Egg. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. This is, they're saying three hundred. Okay. It will debut at Pebble Beach this year in oh. August. Okay. Uh, for the Monterey Car Week. Uh huh. Uh, guess what they're expecting it to be priced as? At EV one-off car company. EV niche, but DeLorean brand car company. I'm gonna guess eighty to ninety. $150,000 to $200,000. Oh, my gosh. Are, do you think there are enough people that the DeLorean kind of plucks at 
to warrant that? Not not that range. No, like no, they gotta be a little bit. I more. am one of the most diehard Back to the Future fans. Yeah, who isn't? But right? it has not made it has made the the DeLorean sort of a nice novelty. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind owning it. Uh huh. But it's not a car that's been firmly put on my list. Okay. You know, so I don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess even... I don't need to sell that many of them at one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh huh. But I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. That's just, I mean, that's Porsche Turbo, Taycan Turbo territory. Yeah. And and they don't have the clout for that. They do not. Even at if all. they build a car that would compete. Like, I would I would even think like Alfa Romeo would have a hard time building a car that is exactly like the Taycan, mm-hmm, right? Mhm. And in, in every spec. Yes. But then at sold at the same price, yes, they would have a hard time. Absolutely. So DeLorean, who is a defunct company brought back to life, yeah, that really is only known for one car. I don't know that they've made any other cars. I don't think they did. Yeah, it's just that car. But I do. I think they do still make the old DeLorean, or they've started to remake those. Maybe they. I, I don't I, know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if I heard that, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're thinking, but the the. They this is going to be a true OEM company. Okay. So they're go- actually going to be they're going to have more cars coming out after this. Oh. So I'm that's thinking that this is going to be sort of their flagship to drive sales and not necessarily a car to make significant profit. Oh, of. so like the Hummer EV1 and Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, the Halo car. The Halo car. Halo there you go. Car. Halo car. Yes. That's the right term. I'm still excited to see it. Because of what they've claimed in terms of it's going to be really fast. It's going to be carbon fiber chassis, the gold wing doors. There's a silhouette posted that it looks really nice. But at 150000 even if I wanted one, I couldn't. But I still, even if I could, I don't think I would. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And also, I suspect they'll reboot Back to the Future at some point. You think so? Yeah, and I'm gonna hate it. Ooh, that's a tough one. Like what? What? Uh, well, let's not get into the storylines and what we think it could be, right. or unless you have an idea. Uh, I mean, the, see, the, the the thing that they always do with these movies that are probably like Michael J. Fox son, and okay. the, essentially the story is nearly identical. But yeah. with with younger cast, newer yeah. cars, yes, right. That's kind of yeah. usually what they do with these things and why they flop, right. But let's say that they make a good movie. Story aside, right, and this new DeLorean comes out. Would you want to see the new DeLorean as oh, the Back to the Future car? That's interesting. Or would question. you have preferred another car, like a completely oh, different? That's car? a really good question. Yeah, uh, like the Cybertruck. No, I I uh, I can't agree with a Cybertruck or any other car. I have to lean DeLorean EV at best. Did you watch Fast 9? You know what? I don't think I have. You haven't watched Fast 9? I'm pretty sure I haven't. So they... Are you are you gonna watch it? Just ruin it for me. I don't I really don't care. (laughs) So Tyrese and Luda go into space in a Fiero. Oh god. (laughs) I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. <laughs> I hadn't heard or read anything I about it. Uh, you know what? I'm surprised we never talked about this. Yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll watch it this weekend you now. Should, you should watch Yeah. Now, So yes. all I will say is that they go to a space in a Fiero, and I thought it was funny. 
Oh, man, I can't believe they signed on for that. So, like, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of that movie that I don't believe they signed up for. Um, but, like, would you want to keep the original DeLorean in that case? You know, do you not mind having an older car? Or would you want a newer car? Just to make the question easier, to not have to pick a car. Or, yeah, something different is what we're saying. Not yeah. DeLorean, not the... Something different but new or the same DeLorean? Oh, you know what? It might be cool if it was the OG DeLorean as the the star car of the whole thing. Yeah. Um that's cuz it's going to be hard everybody all dude what american is not a fan of that movie? I will argue of a uh, Back to the Future. I don't know. I feel like you have to be like a nerd at some level. Okay. Maybe or like an eighties, seventies kid or sixties born kid. Uh, may maybe because I I can't say that my my parents. I was gonna say parents. My parents like love Back to the Future. They've watched it on VHS. Yeah, but that's the last time. I mean, I was too young for the release mm -hmm. yeah, of Back were. to the Future, yeah. but you know, I picked it up in the nineties mm -hmm. and I thought it was the most amazing thing ever. Absolutely. Um. I would definitely want to see the original DeLorean, but I would want them to make a new. So you think it should cameo? Uh, cameo or more than cameo? More than cameo. Because the 50% the of the screen time. Okay, because the story ended with Doc Brown having a, a time traveling train. Yeah, which was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I really hated the <laughs> Western thing. I mean, I even hated the idea of the DeLorean being on track. On a train on, track? On the train track. Yeah. I even hated that, yeah. but I would pass it. Yeah, but that's you know true. what? Like, I was thinking. This is what I was thinking during okay. during Fast Nine. Okay, I was like, the Fast Saga has pushed the limits of what would annoy me in a movie. Okay, to where the train now seems reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like because they take liberties, man. Oh yeah, like yeah. They, they, they there's no limit to what the only limit to them is what CGI and cinematography can do. Which is basically everything. Yeah, yeah. Clearly space. Absolutely, a fiero, yeah. A Fiero they of all cars They sent Luda in and Tyrese to space. In a Fiero. In a Fiero. In a Fiero. In a Fiero. Built by Bow Wow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let me say that. Oh, my gosh. I just made it worse. <laughs> that made it, like, oh, a thousand million times worse. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. You gotta watch it though. Out. You gotta watch it though. The whole time you're watching the movie, you're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh, so it's like god. cringy. It's uh, I don't even want to call it cringy. It's 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 mind blowing in the most nonsensical way. I see. If I were to summarize it, why did Vin Diesel take it that far? I mean, like, I don't know that they can go any other or way. Paramount or whomever. Oh, yeah, Universal. I Universal. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they can go any other That's way with it. Like, it's just at this point. That's the that's the only way they're gonna get people to watch them. Just like really crazy, outlandish. It's it's. They took an they took an action sequence. Think of like the best action sequence you've ever mm -hmm. seen in any, any legitimate action movie. Okay, and they turned it into two and a half hours. Yes, that's what the Fast Saga is. They yeah. it's just nonstop, just punching it, obliterating your face. With nonsensical action. They opened a can of worms when it was, what, Fast 4 or whatever? Like, what was the point at which it was, like, just unrealistic? I think Fast 4, right? I think they started touching it on 2. With the... With the... Uh, with the... The... Um, 
the gr- the grappling gun that electrocuted oh, the car. Oh yeah, okay. that was sort of the start. Okay, you know they were kind of tasting uh-huh. nonsense uh-huh. Okay. at that point, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Tokyo Drift happened, and that's when sort of CGI made a bigger appearance. Sure, right? Uh, was it, uh, the Drift Kings? I forget his name. Uh-huh. His 350Z like flipped upside down over the Mustang, right? Oh, so, uh, parallel to it, Paral- right? Yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. right? Like uh, defying physics. Yeah, defying physics, right? Okay. It's so, okay. sort of touching, okay. the, and then four is when it really goes out there. I yes. think four was the was, was the, the parachute. Was oh, it? when he jumped out of the car coming off the cliff thing. Uh, I thought four was when they parachuted out of the cargo train with the cars. That might have oh, been later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know because I think the the bank was like later too six, five or six somewhere yeah yeah okay yeah okay yeah I just I, it's sad almost because like James Bond even though maybe it's relevant maybe it's not um, they still have a like they're not so CGI reliant but they still have cool cars right because they rely more on the character being strong presence yeah. And like the coolness of some of the gadgets, a little bit, but not too crazy. And it's very story driven. More, yeah, more so. Fast series just kind of went off the deep end, which is, I think, what you have to do when you use the same cast. Ah, right. Interesting. Yeah, like with like with James Bond, they're mostly trilogies, right? Oh no, well, they, they, no, they, not, go, they go farther than that. But you're right, though, in the sense that like each actor that's portrayed it is like a set. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's kind of like the Batman. Yes, there you, know? you go. That's a good analogy. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, so then it kind of it, it almost you almost interpreted it starting fresh, mm, right? Right. Whereas, Whereas with nine. Fast Nine, it's like okay, how are they going to build up on the last one? How are they building up on the last one? Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> that was a huge tangent. Yes. Next headline. Next headline. So today, March eighteenth, we're I'm going to date this episode that we're recording, Porsche announced that the next Boxster and Cayman are also going to be electric. Oh. We're going to get it in the mid-20s, so that's within three- to five-year range. Okay. Uh, electric, but no specs. Purely announcement level, it's going to be an electric at that entry-level point. Okay. And a Macan. That was like a day or two ago that they said that there will be a, a full electric Porsche Macan, which, which yeah, that I heard that and that'll be great because that's for the masses, right? Yeah, you know the this is more for so is the Cayman and the Boxster, right? True, so like the it's, entry point. To it's Porsche. the re- a reachable Porsche. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Yeah, it's the it's really the tipping point, I guess you could almost say of all electric uh, like electric sports cars. I think maybe like if somebody asked me. You get to pick one OEM mm-hmm. to build you an EV sports car. Yes, I would have picked Porsche. You you would have. I think they've been they they haven't been innovators in that they're like the first at something, mm-hmm. but they've been innovators at being the first at something that's done right a lot. Examples: just the Turbo, a- for example. Okay, right. Okay. They sort of were the first ones to get it right with the 911. Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing, you know, four cylinder turbo cars uh, in the Cayman mm-hmm. that are, you know, fat doing, you know, Faster better zero to sixties in the Supra. Yeah. Um, you know, great performing cars on the track. Mm-hmm. Really fun cars to drive. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, you know, I'm I'm excited too. Mm-hmm. To be, I wouldn't mind owning one. Yes, you know, absolutely. It's now it's it's all it's real, dude. It's tricky, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was nicer when, and this is such a I don't even know what word to put it, but it was nicer when there were fewer options. You think so? You mean just Tesla? It for my for like my for the noise in my brain, right? The gas lover in you, now, you mean, or no? The now that there are so many different sports cars are going to start coming out that are EV. Yes. What choice do we make? Oh, okay. You know, how do you differentiate them? Exactly. Is another question. Really? Exactly. Right? Like, uh, is it going to be? I mean, Porsche is going to get the sports car thing right. Yes. Right? I'm sure that's what yeah. they're looking to mm-hmm. achieve. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I'm sure there are other OEMs that are looking to achieve that as well. Mm. Um, I don't know. Is, uh, do you have Subaru as part of one of your headlines? No. So they announced that this is not a this is a throwaway. Okay. Right. The STI is gone. Oh, that I know. You know, they're I not building that. one yeah. anymore. The speculation is that they're going to move into EV. Okay. For the next generation of STI. Okay. Right, and it's just so now we're going to get a lot of the cars that we wanted to get in ICE. Uh-huh. Uh on the EV option. So me, mm. I would never buy a Subaru. Yes. I'm too scared of them. I don't know them well enough, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. I'm afraid they're going to blow up. Mm-hmm. They haven't developed a new motor in the last, you know, how 15, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so now that they're going to put out an EV one, mm-hmm. we're going to get some of the cool STI stuff, but it's going to be an EV and I don't have to worry about their engines. Ah, that's what you mean. So there's going to be so much to consider on the market 10 years from now. Yes. Five years from now. Yes. Absolutely. Five years for sure. But will an EV Cayman Uh get you the same flex that the ice Cayman would? Which is not a lot of flex. It's not a lot of flex. Well, okay, hold we're, on. We're in California. That's the, yeah, let's let's qualify it with that, that yes. we're we're well spoiled out yeah, here. Yeah, like I saw an Aventador yesterday at Top Golf. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Sorry, yes. Yeah, I went to Top Golf. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, it's I it's just, there's gonna be choice after choice coming out. And now that we're we've sort of it took us four years. Well, it took me four years, but I've warmed up to the idea of having an EV. Mm-hmm. You know, the F one fifty came out, and I'm like, oh, I want that truck, the EV F one fifty. Then the, the light, Silverado came. Then out. the Silverado <laughs> came out. Like, I All want right. that truck. Yeah. And now Porsche's coming out with the cars. Like, okay, I guess I'll keep my truck. Uh huh. <laughs> and now I'm gonna get a Porsche EV. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of options. Uh, I think it's um, the Japanese companies always seem to be less on the cutting edge, I think, because they haven't announced any EV car as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I think they're sort, of, they're sort of the trickle down, right? Yeah, they it's wait too expensive. Kind of, yes, you know, definitely. so they they're like, of, although Toyota's still investing in like hydrogen. Yes, that's true. You know, that's so true. maybe that's where things are going mm-hmm, for that for their side. But we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I guess maybe that's weird. Maybe Toyota ends up goes the way of like Isuzu where they're just doing like commercial vehicles mm. with hydrogen mm-hmm. because they missed the boat. Yeah, but now like Starbucks is coming out on making like charging deals. Yeah, they want to be like a gas station. Exactly. But an EV Dude, one. what a lucrative fucking business it's that's going to be. It's smartest move. Yeah, seriously. Just a parking lot full of chargers. What are you going to do when you're waiting half an hour for your car to charge? 
Get drink on your lap and ha- be on your laptop working yeah, and, and drinking coffee. And drinking coffee, eating pastries. Why do you think Starbucks chose like Idaho and like random like remote states for that program? Probably real estate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of like, sense. Like might as well pilot where they can buy land for cheap. Okay. Turn you know, invest that money into the actual chargers. Uh huh. Total assumption on my part. Sure. Right. Sure. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. Out here too costly. There, there are a lot of Starbucks out here that couldn't even house like more than four chargers, three chargers. Yeah. You yeah. know? There's like red tape. I worked at tape. a Starbucks in Hermosa Beach okay. that only had a drive through open from six in the morning to ten in the morning. Because because anytime outside of that, there were too many cars in the parking lot for, for there to be enough room. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. Which is nice, dude. <laughs> it was so nice. The star uh, the drive through must Yeah. Suck. Shout out to the drive through baristas if you guys are listening to this. Or drive through anything. Uh-huh. God, what a pain in the ass! And working. it's the priority, as absolutely. We know, in the yeah, world, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean, they, you want you want, you got a clock running in front of your face. Yes, and you got to make sure that your every car is not spending more than like a minute. Is it literally sixty minutes or sixty seconds? For it might even be shorter than that. Like I, everywhere I've ever worked that has a drive-through, In-N-Out, Starbucks, the goal was always sixty seconds. From order at the mic to to yeah through yeah that, to that through. car yeah oh. obviously oh. like it's unreachable yes you know especially like in and out yeah yeah you know impossible. like but there were there were like windows and then like my manager time would be like oh you know if you get ten cars in under sixty seconds between you and the cashier at the first window uh, I'll give you guys a hundred dollar gift card. Oh, really? Yeah, and we're like, oh, dude, hell yeah, dude, let's do it. And so we're just rushing them and rushing them oh, through. okay. And then we'd get it every once in a while. But it'd be like, you know, like a Saturday morning, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Other yeah. than that, I yeah. mean, I mean, in and out this is totally tangent, but in and out was packed from when we opened to when we closed. Close, yeah. It was, it's the most insane thing. We, there just aren't enough locations is really what that means, right? I mean, they're privately owned, so yes. they strategically yeah, work they, that out, yes. right? They, yes. they, they, they built up demand. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And because they don't franchise, they need to work that way in order yes. to make a lot of money right. and to pay the wages that they pay, right? which are really good. Yes. So yes. anyway, that's a whole yes. other thing. Anyway, let's get into our next head- headline. Uh, so what does CVT mean for the Integra, Randy? It means that nobody wants it. <laughs> yes, but actually what it meant was that the reservation skewed massively to the six-speed version. Yes, it did. I saw that. Um, 70%, right? 70%. That's yes. right, 70%. Mm-hmm. But what they wouldn't tell us is, is how, how many. many. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, was yeah. it because like I'm surprised because, you know, the mainstream consumer mm-hmm. is not getting stick shift cars. That's correct. Our audience is probably, it is, right? Right. You but. guys are all driving stick shifts, mm-hmm. I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not, I don't, could it be 10? And they sold seven? Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. couldn't find any information on the quantity. Me which, neither. You know, like. Most of the pre-orders recently have given numbers. 
right. you know, Ford, Tesla, yes. whether they're real or not, who knows? Yes. But they have given numbers, whereas with the Integra, no numbers have been released. And the quote was, we are absolutely thrilled with the pre-launch response to the 2023 Integra. Mm. The total number of rev- reservations has far exceeded our expectations. And most exciting is that around 70% of the Integra reservations are, at, are of the six-speed manual. We're confident this new Integra will inspire a new generation of enthusiasts and buyers for the Acura brand. Well, I mean, I hope that's all true. So I was looking into uh, sales in general for the Integra. Okay. And apparently, historically, the stick shift percentage sits at 56%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this isn't really that far off from that. So it looks like a lot of Acura buyers generally pick there's a greater chance although not very significant that they'll pick the six-speed manual you only looked up to the last um year of integra right like 01 or 02 or whatever yeah the rsx doesn't count yes yeah yeah um okay so half up to that point yeah but then the the whole industry shifted as far as automatics and manuals dying since then i think it was already dying back then you think so? I mean, there wasn't a lot. At half? I mean, it was half um, with the Integra is what we're saying. Right? Yeah. Is I what mean, the half is say. significant. Like, yeah. if you consider, yeah, if you consider the whole market, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you consider the more the whole market, that number is like at 10, 15 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Integra, it's at 56 percent historically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, without the RSX. Without the RSX. Yeah. So now we're at 70 percent of however many reservations they actually got. Yes. Conservatively, I'm going to estimate 10. <laughs> we already discussed last week you said that the reservation system was kind of bs it was like basically call your dealership yeah like, yeah that's not what i want as a millennial mm-hmm. i just want to be able to do it online yeah yeah and yeah anyways whatever do you think they're gonna get rid of the civic si Ooh, well they clearly watered it down because what i told you was they got rid of they moved the adaptive uh suspension to the uh, integra right yeah and took it away from the si right will they get rid of the si i mean they've been holding on for dear life up to this point right um, i mean they just invested in like the hpd program with that car but it doesn't have the aura anymore that it, it doesn't and i mean i i'm thinking acura might say or argue that the Integra has a little more to gain mm, than the SI of, does, mm. right? By getting rid of the SI, so but it'll be the cheaper version, so it's more uh, reachable for for more people. The yeah, SI. That's another thing on this Integra. Would you pay thirty five k for? No, yeah. no. If I can get an MSRP a Type R at thirty five, thirty seven, I'd rather just get which the you can't. Civic. Would you, okay? How about this? A fifteen thousand mile Type R or a zero mile Integra at 35k. I'm still Type R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, Absolutely. I can't believe I had to think through that. I'm so, I was surprised too. I was thinking the question. I was like <laughs> trying to read. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, yes. But anyway, I guess most of you mm-hmm. didn't, although did not reserve an Integra. Uh, those of you who did, most of them were stick shifts. Yes. So if we see them out there. They're probably going to be a stick Which ship. I'm sure we will because we're in California. Yeah, somebody will buy them, mm-hmm. and we'll mm-hmm. be friends with them, too. Yes, yes. But anyway, next headline. With gas prices spiking, mm-hmm. which we all know, and we'll talk about a little bit later as well, um, demand for very fuel-efficient used cars has spiked. 
Which makes sense. Right, naturally. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a car near and dear to your heart has spiked in used car value. Really? Yes. Please don't say it. The Kia Rio. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> and they only have percentages. They don't have actual, like, numbers um, numbers on price. Okay. But it did say that, like, Chevy Spark, probably Honda Fit also. But the two that came uh, jumped out at me from the top of my mind, definitely Chevy Spark. Kia Rio, obviously. Right. And at what percentage do you think its value is at um, year over year? Increase. An increase in value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of guess, 5%. 50%. 50%? 50 plus percent, yes. So, okay, when I lost the Rio, that was two years ago? Uh-huh. Three years ago? Two. Two years ago. It was two. Yeah, it was two years ago. You could probably get a 2013. That was the highest trim model you could get. Balling. Um, <laughs> the SX. Okay. Uh, you could probably get for like 70,000 miles, $9,000. Nine grand. So now you're saying that over those two years. 14,000 probably. Oh, what the <laughs> hell? Are you kidding yes. me? Yes. Yes, fifty one point four percent, as per this article. That I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It totally does. Yeah, because I could I could easily get forty miles to the gallon on that car. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was stick shift too, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. If I if I babied it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could. I would. I mean, it was a Rio. What did I have to do with it <laughs> other than try to maximize my MPG? Right. You know. Right. right so right, I would right, be right. like, that would be my thing. Like I'd be mm-hmm. like, I spend the week, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna make sure I hit 42 this week. Nice. And Very so nice. I'd coast everywhere I could. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd do everything I could, but I mean, still pretty easily. In traffic, right? I was driving a lot to work in traffic. Yes. Still regularly doing 40 plus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely impressive. Yeah. So it makes sense that, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize the gas. And and we'll talk about this during the track crisis, but Mm. it it really put it into perspective some of the math that I was doing for the track. Because although, well, here's the problem too. I work from home. Yes, we both do. I still, I am still on four dollars and change gas in your tanks. In my tanks. Oh well, which which cars? Both, all three, all three cars, all three cars. <laughs> so that's two weeks old uh, gas tanks. Two weeks old gas tanks. Yeah, uh. I might start siphoning <laughs> from the from the M from the, the E ninety two yeah, to, to the, the truck. Yeah, which actually is not a bad idea. Yeah, quite dude, honestly. Yeah, seriously. Like if I if I have no need to drive it. Yeah. Because I was like today I was like man I want to drive the E ninety two, and I was like nah nah it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. There's yeah. no gas. Uh, there's no siphoning prevention like mechanism in those tanks. I thought. I don't know if they've ever invented that. But you know, I've never even considered that that was a. Th- is there siphoning prevention at all anywhere? I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I just no. thought there might have been from the 70s or whatever. But I, I really don't have any idea. I don't. I don't. I think the siphoning prevention is the gas cap. Oh, okay, that's it. Pretty much. I, yeah, I don't and know. the lock of the door. And the lock of the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. don't know that I've ever heard of that technology. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know that I'm actually going to siphon. <laughs> yeah, you might. I, now I, that you I, said you it, you know, I kind of want to as an experiment because I've learned new ways to siphon. Not with your mouth. Obviously. Not with your mouth. Yes, yeah, because yes. that. Yeah, I've. Have you ever had gasoline in your mouth? My 
I had a in eighth grade. My friend tried to siphon gas just for the fuck of it, and he huffed a shit ton of like gas fumes. Like he from drank it. it? Oh, no, no, like okay. he just like kind of huffed the fumes through yeah. the tube. Yeah, and he was like gasping for air. So that freaked me out. Dude, ever since then. Ga- I've 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 tasted gasoline. Okay, and it's not <laughs> good, man. It's not really? good. Yeah. Yikes. So I've learned new ways to siphon. Then with just a like, just a hand pump or whatever. Yeah. Oh. No, like with just a just the the hose. Oh, there's a way. Yeah, there's a way. A there's a way. Depending vacuum? on how much fuel there is in the tank, uh-huh. like if the tank is over half, okay, you could put the hose in there mm-hmm. and then crank the hose a little bit. Oh, to build up to like build a up the pressure, the air pressure. Okay, and, and, and then just make sure that you, when you let go of the thumb, it's that lower. it's that it's lower than the tank, ah, and then okay. it'll come up. Okay. okay. If um, if you have less than half a tank in there, mm-hmm. you wrap a rag around the um the the neck the what do you, the, the hole <laughs> the, the hole the vagina the, the gas hole the gas vagina. the gas hole okay and then uh and then w- around the tube okay and then just blow into it as hard as you can oh kind of like a straw when yeah you're yeah into exactly milk, yeah and, and then, then it'll push and then it'll come out ah, so depending okay. on good how good your blowjobs are <laughs> is how <laughs> okay how you will siphon out the gas Got but it. those are two ways that Got you can it. use oh, yeah okay. okay when you're in a pinch okay. i should probably not be giving this advice right now whatever i mean you it's know? happening people are stealing gas now so. oh they are yeah there's a north carolina like somebody's stole from a gas station gasoline oh that's north- okay yeah no it's north- not okay <laughs> <laughs> yes so i guess uh i hope this means there's gonna be a downward trend on stealing catalytic converters I don't think about I don't think so because there's been chip shortages more chip shortages as a result cuz I'm well of, way more okay when getting my gas stolen than, than my cats. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? That makes a ton of sense. Go go steal gas. Don't yeah. steal cats. <laughs> yes. You should get a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get into our next headline. Several of you mofos were in our DMs mm-hmm. talking about the turbo history. Yes. And how we missed a few things and this or a lot that, of things, whatever. Maybe. Yeah, it was yeah, condensed. Whatever. It was condensed. It was a a brief history. Yes. So now we're gonna give you an exhaustive rundown. Are you ready, Randy? So let's do it. We're gonna do this in one breath. No, we're not. But we're gonna do it as quick as we can. Mm. So first, turbo started with air- airplanes and marine life. We know that. We're yeah. not gonna talk about that. You go look it up. Yeah. Right. This is a car show. Yes. So in the 1950s, auto manufacturers started experimenting with turbos. Yes. And they failed completely. Mm-hmm. They got nothing out of it. It was unsuccessful until 1962 when GM released the Oldsmobile Cutlass that you talked about, which was the Jet, uh, the Jet Fire, Jet Fire, the yes. Jet Fire, yes. which and also the Chevy released the Corvair Monza Spider, which was also a turbo. Okay. But we won't talk about that too much because it wasn't as fun. Okay. So sales lasted one year because mm-hmm. th- it was just so unreliable. Yes. Right? And they got taken off. But there's some interesting things that came out of the Jetfire. Okay. So first of all, the car was called the Jetfire, and the engine was called the Turbo Rocket. Okay. It's like, we're going to come in, and we're lighting a fire under your ass. That's mm-hmm. what they really wanted to do. But in order to operate the car, it required turbo rocket fluid. Yes, which I had mentioned. Yes. Yeah, like which one to one methane to water. Right? Yeah, which yes. I mean, that's really all, it's it's it, that's all it is, right? Yes. It was methanol, right? Not, yeah, not yeah, methane. Yeah, 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 yeah. To water, but what was happening is that people being cheap or lazy were not refilling or just using regular tap water. 
Ah. Not knowing what they were doing to their cars. Okay. So they were destroying them. And, and the reason why you needed to get turbo rocket fluid was not to go faster. It's to cool it. To prevent knock. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what they were doing. Because mm-hmm. the problem with turbos during this time was the carburetors. Okay. Right? That was the issue. And they couldn't really measure out the, the fuel-to-air air ratio, the mi- right? Yes. The mixtures yeah, were hard. Never, yes. So... The good thing that came out of this was that all, they were the first turbo to get released under the, an OEM, under mm-hmm. manufacturer, and they sort of invented the whole methanol thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know it had been used previously to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it failed after a year because everybody was blowing their engines. The dealers when he w- went as far as to remove the turbos for free if you wanted. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. They were they were willing to do all that work. Cause that they, was not in my source. Yeah, because <laughs> they, yeah, mm-hmm. they were like, well, these engines are going to blow up if you if you don't know how to manage them. It was very, very finicky in that mm-hmm. way. But, you know, technology did come out of that. The second car, turbo car that came out, was still American. It wasn't the 2002. Okay. So it was the I- International Harvester Scout. It was a truck. A four by four truck in 1965. Okay. That put out 110 horsepower and only ran for two years because, get this, fuel economy economy was so bad. Ah. Uh, Which is weird because that's not what we know turbos for now. Correct. Right. But during that time, fuel economy was horrendous with turbos. So after two years, they gave it up and they went into an NA motor. Mm-hmm. So then come comes the 2002 Turbo. Mm-hmm. And their contribution to the Turbo segment is fuel injection. Okay. So they were the first car to do fuel injection with a Turbo. Instead of carburation. Instead of carburation. So they were able to sort of figure out this problem a little bit. They reduced the knock issue, mm-hmm. but massive lag. Massive lag. Right. At this time, they still hadn't figured out like friction technology in turbos. Mm-hmm. It was still super heavy materials. Mm-hmm. They were still big, mm-hmm. really hadn't condensed packages. So it didn't really work out as soon as the gas crisis came out, right? You mentioned that. Yes. The 70s gas crisis killed the mm-hmm. 2002 turbo, which again is weird considering the times now. Then in 1975, enter the 911 Turbo. And this is one of the reasons why I trust Porsche with EV. They completely changed the perception of the Turbo during this time, right? Up to this point, everybody was like, Turbos are crap, right? Yep. It's gonna, it's unreliable. They require so much maintenance. Then Porsche kind of, they didn't get rid of some of these issues because this car still had a lot of lag, and the biggest issue with this car being a, a mid-engine with mm-hmm. lag is that a lot of people were Spin out exactly mm-hmm. right. The lag would ki- it would be like you'd step on the of pedal, you drive, 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 drive. In the middle of a turn, turbo kicks in, and you're still sayonara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boost the power. See, yeah, see you later. Yeah, and it was yeah. the fastest car of its time. Yes. So people weren't used to driving this much power. Uh. Right. So there was a lot of issues there with the lag. They eventually moved into a bigger engine and also invented the intercooler uh, in later years. I think 1977, they they went from three liters to three point three liters. They introduced the intercooler. It boosted up the power more. So they were thus more proving the turbo process and kind of helping people. Helping to evolve the technology. Uh, yeah. To help, support. To support it and have turbo. you know other OEMs adopt it. They're committed. Right? Then in 1977, while their Porsche is doing this, Saab comes out with the turbo for the everyman. 
Ah, the Saab Turbo came out in 1977, and now Turbo is accessible to a regular person. In America or just Europe? In America, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't know. Don't call me on Yeah. That. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But they did come out with a Saab 99 mm-hmm. with, that was turbo. And so now in 1977, we get the first example of accessibility with the turbo. So now we've got we've got more power. We've reduced the knock, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we still have the problem of lag, but now we're having more everyday people having accessibility to it. Then come 1978, Mercedes introduces the diesel turbo. So this was Mercedes' attempt at solving the knock issue completely because there's no knock issues, right, with diesel, right? So um, it wasn't like the big performance car, but it was just kind of telling the market, hey, look, no knock. Mm. We can do no knock. Reliability. Reliability, right? Yes. We know what happens to diesel in the later years. Mm -hmm. The Volkswagen scandal happens, and it's bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. But at least in 1978, it was good. Mm. And then rolls around 81 when Maserati invents the bi-turbo. Okay. Um, And you mentioned that, too. Mm -hmm. So the (laughs) Maserati, you know, staying on brand, they although they did the bi-turbo and kind of introduced something new, Mm Mm-hmm. It had horrendous knock. Ah, okay. So, like, they didn't really solve anything. You know what I mean? Like, up to this point, every manufacturer had provided a solution, right? Mm-hmm. The introduction of turbo, solution of the, to lag, or solution of fuel injection, solution to knock, uh, reduced lag. The bi-turbo did reduce lag a little bit, but it didn't really, they didn't really satisfy a decent enough metric to warrant the car being successful. And it's a luxury car, Italian, it's a luxury car and it's too. the 70s, so they it's were expensive mo- to get here. Yeah, yes. it almost feels like it was more of a marketing tool okay. than, than anything. So then we enter the 80s, and that's when everybody jumps on to the turbo game, right? At this point, the technology has evolved enough to where it can start making into cheaper cars. Technology starts advancing. The variable turbo is invented, invented mm-hmm. by Garrett. What was you know what the first car to have a variable turbo in it was? The '88 Honda Legend. Really? Yeah, a Honda. The '88. So the Acura Legend, essentially, right? For uh, our, in our I'm case. guessing this was a Japanese version, because it or was, was it before Acura even came over? Oh, maybe. I yeah, but it's, it was dates. cited as the Honda Legend in '88, mm-hmm. and they had the first variable geometry turbo. Okay. Then there was the twin scroll turbo, mm-hmm. and the first car to adopt that was the 1989 RX-7. 89 RX-7. Yeah, okay. yeah. So okay. it was a rotary engine that got the twin scroll. Mm-hmm. And then in 1986, Porsche, and you mentioned this, they dropped the sequential turbo. Finally, turbo lag is conquered. Uh-huh. Leave it to Porsche. Yes. Leave it to Porsche right. to come up with these. They, I think, I feel like they've made, like I said, right, Porsche, they're not innovators in being the first, but they're usually the ones that get it right. Sure. And they solved some of the more significant problems mm-hmm. with uh, with turboing. And so uh, in 1987, one year later, America gets back in the game, baby, okay. with the Buick Grand National GNX. <laughs> and you know who I'm talking to by mentioning this car. Uh-huh. They bring back the American Turbo. Yes. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah right. Sure. And I mean, it was a brick. It was. Well, we saw it at SEMA. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was a brick. It wasn't like it was fast, but it wasn't aerodynamic. Mm. It wasn't really a traditional sports car. 
but it's like it's 100% badassery. Dude. It's a it's a, it is a coupe, right? Or correct? It is a coupe, yeah. It is a coupe, but yeah. it's boxy as f. Yeah. Yeah. Unassuming, I would almost say on the streets. I if, don't know, man. As in like a guy that didn't have that car on my radar, yeah. I would never You would never notice I like, would never look twice at the car. Really? Like it's blacked yes. out and it's just it's just so murdered. Really? And it's, it's I'm almost ashamed to say it. I'll, I'll admit that or it's yeah. embarrassing you could yeah. say, right? Being from Detroit, yada yada, car guy, all that stuff. Yes. But I will say I'm JDM for life. Yeah. And so it's just very unassuming to me that car. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I just feel like that car, the only reason I would want that car is of how I know it would make me feel. It's like a Arnold Schwarzenegger Rambo S oh, era. Oh, yeah, dude. Right? Oh, my God. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> it's Driving commando. that car yes. is like holding a machine gun. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what it would feel like. Yes. That's exactly what it would mm-hmm. feel like. But then the 90s rolled around. The 89 was RX-7. The 90s roll around, and the tuning scene arrives, right? Mm-hmm. Now we have tuners working through turbos the aftermarket blows up mm-hmm. uh, and turbo is sort of established as the premier way of making power yes i'd say even more popular than a supercharger even though that is popular yes right but Absolutely. the turbo is just m- more accessible in terms of power mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with uh, old hondas um, so now turbo is more associated with efficiency and lower MPG yes. and, you know, lower emissions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's done a complete 180 of what it has previously. So now now we've got to talk about the future, right? Where are we going? Garrett has invented the e-turbo. So it's like an electric turbo. Yes. Improved efficiency. Uh, it creates electricity for hybrids, mm-hmm. right? Zero lag. Zero, zero lag because it's powering its own using like a computer chip to start up and spin the the the, the wheel of exactly the turbo. yeah the turbine uh-huh. and uh, now enter the Americans getting back in the game again yes and I read this recently Dodge is working on casting a turbo directly into the head <laughs> really <laughs> yes wow that's kind of cool I it's, wonder if it's, it's cool. For- it, Four, six, or eight. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know, but like, it's cool. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know that, I don't know that I've known of a car that didn't require turbos getting swapped at one point. Oh, that's what you. Okay. okay. You could probably rebuild the uh-huh. internals, maybe mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. car. Uh huh. But yeah, it's a little weird. They'd need to be able to take it apart for a rebuild, right? Exactly. But then if it's the whole head. You're hosed. What a pain in the ass that yes. job's going to be. Or cost. Yes. Or like, okay, oh, my turbo's messed up. I need a new turbo. Mm-hmm. That means I got to buy a whole head. Right. And I'll say that Honda many, not many years ago, less than 10 years ago, they cast the um, exhaust manifold into the head with the Civics. Right. The K later K series. Yeah. Engines. Which makes a little more sense. There's no mechanics to it. It's yeah. just tubes coming yeah. out or whatever. And, and I and I have seen uh, turbos, and I think the Koreans do this. Turbos cast into exhaust manifolds. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Which I would say is still acceptable because you, you can, can pull off a manifold and, and and fix it and replace it or whatever, right? Right. But the head engine head, I don't know. That sounds a little more complicated. Now. I didn't look into the technology because there's not a lot of information on that yet. But mm-hmm. when it comes out, I really hope they think that through. Yes. Considering it's a Dodge invention, 
<laughs> I have my doubts. Muscle. Yeah. But that is your however many minute breakdown of the Turbo history. <laughs> Thank man. you, John, for yeah, uh, acknowledging the requests for more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hunger for more. The for hunger listeners. for more. Yeah. Yes, I thought yes. it was pretty interesting. There's uh, a sort of a UN contribution mm. into the history of the Turbo, right? Okay. Yes. Like in the, it started with Americans, then it goes to the Germans, and then come the Japanese. Yes. And uh, oh, who's somebody mentioned something? Forget it. I, I can't think of it. But okay. somebody somebody related it to like related a piece of technology since the Germans were involved and the Japanese were involved. It only they were only missing the Italians to make it an Axis powers invention. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a good joke. That's kind of a good old wo- I thought it World was a, War II yeah, joke. Yeah, good old World War II joke, man. <laughs> Shout out to Carlos for that one. He yes, was a guest yes, on the show yes, previously. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought that was fucking hilarious. Uh-huh, but anyway, uh-huh. that wraps up your headlines for the week. Now we move into our next segment, F1, Drive to Survive. And Randy, I, I want you to kind of go through your list of what you thought was kind of, or what stood out to you uh, in the show. Well, okay, so I... We when we established this topic, I was kind of like three episodes in, mm-hmm. and I'm still short two episodes to finish off the season. Okay. So, say four or five episodes of uh, my notes. Um, some of the big ones were there was a full episode on the Haas team. Yes. Um, they definitely portrayed Nikita Mazepin as like bought into the sport almost. Or his dad bought the t- his seat into he, the sport. Yeah. And that daddy, like, speaks to the uh, team principal to say, hey, why is uh, Schumacher, Mick Schumacher's car better than my son's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of say, you know, like, and they, they show a lot of Mazepin complaining that his car sucks. Yeah. Especially compared to his teammate. Yeah. You know, a lot of these shows definitely have... I, I Googled this show just generally just saying F1 Drive to Survive. It's actually um, categorized as docufiction on Google. You know what I was especially going back to what we were discussing earlier. I feel like Drive to Survive is the fast saga. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For yeah, F1. Yeah. Right. They don't mm-hmm. have CGI. Yes. But they manufacture a lot of shit. It feels it's feeling more and more like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of reviews like that that yeah. speak to that. Okay. YouTubers and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. So there is a lot. Because um, I feel like with Nikita staying on that topic, sure. although they did portray him as kind of bought into the team, mm-hmm. they sort of did soften his image a little bit. Right. Almost kind of feeling almost kind of feeling sorry for him. Almost, it felt like on the show, right? He didn't come off as vicious as I, as I would have expected because his team can't get it together. Yeah, or? yeah, okay, like okay. it was not his fault. Like it's not his driving, you know. Oh, okay. you know, okay, like I he's see, the, you know, he's the Russian victim in all this. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting choice of words. Yeah, the, yeah, these, but, during yeah, these times, but, but yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, I thought that was that was that it, episode was interesting, and that's I, and that's when it really clicked for me that it was that, that I'm watching sort of a soap opera, yeah, built around the mm-hmm. F1 mm-hmm. and the F, you know the F1 uh, <laughs> series, mm-hmm. 
but it's it's sort of artificial. Yes. And one thing stood out to me more than anything that made this true, but I'll hold off until you're done with your list. Okay. Um, the other highlights was um, the y- Yuki Sonoda episode. I have that on here, too. Okay. Like, they made him seem like lazy Asian. And I know that's not a, like, I'm not playing I was going to ask. Card. Yeah. Like, is that a stereotype? The lazy Asian stereotype? Not at all. Yeah. 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 But there's a sense of humor, I think, with Japanese culture, especially for anime fans that, like, you know, like bathroom jokes and stuff like that. And they seem to have really used those shots of him. And for me, maybe I might be a little bit pissed off because those uh, those things, they're not going to get you girl. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's a reflection. <laughs> That's of, your goal of being on F1. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's going to ruin your image to the public because like you're farting on the camera you talk about having to go poo. Oh, excuse me, I gotta go poo. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. People actually do say that. Well, I think it was like he's like, take, I need to take a shit. Oh no, girl. He poo. says I have to go poo. He did get portrayed sort of as a weird asshole. Kind exactly, you know? yes. Like that's how he was yes, portrayed. Like, yes. uh, yeah, he's like complaining about uh, immature. He was co- immature, as immature. Right? What's the name of the city he was in? Oh, uh, in England? Yeah. Uh, or in Great Britain. Manly, I think is what it was called. Um, I forget the name. It starts of it. with an M, right? starts with an M for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But like, it starts with him complaining about that city and having nothing to do and it being boring there, right? Which I could see. I, I, I totally get that. Yeah, I, I get. But every anybody would have that, appear, uh, uh, that opinion, right? It doesn't need to be a point of focus. That's a good point. Right? That's it's, a very good it's point. It's kind of like, oh, what's... And yeah, he's like dirty. He doesn't do his laundry. Yeah, they show you his know? apartment being a yeah. mess. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, like, what, what, like what do you do when you don't have clothes? And it's like, oh, I, I don't know. I just buy more, I guess, yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But then when he's driving, he's like cussing out his team. Yeah, he's a hothead. He's a hothead, and yeah, you know, whatever. So uh-huh. he's like this, like he's tr- trying. They're trying to portray him as this kind of sort of like eccentric, weird asshole. Right. When right, I don't know, right. I don't know that I'm convinced. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, they it, they took it too far. I, it seemed like it, but yeah. they did ship him to Italy to focus. Yeah. It didn't seem clear to me why they really shipped him to Italy. Was it so that he would work out every day? Well, like, yeah, that that was the whole that was That was the the actual uh, reason. Yeah, I, th- I think the, I think I'm pretty sure like the team the team manager or uh got uh, and the whole team got together, right? Mm-hmm. The leaders of the team mm-hmm. and they said that they needed some to make a change with him because he's making so many mistakes. Yes, he was crashing the car right, a lot. He was crashing the car a lot, making mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes. Even Pierre Gasly chimed in on that. Mm-hmm. And then, so then the change of pace was moving him to a completely different city and making sure that he works out every morning. And he's yes. like super pissed off and yeah, complaining yeah, about that. He's sweaty. Yeah, and yeah. Yes. And he's like saying, like, I'm not going to finish this workout, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and like, yeah, and that's, and that's kind of all they, like, the outside of the car footage of him is all that. Yes. Right? It's that all was... that him complaining about not, not preparing being a lazy driver, not putting in the work. Exactly. Right? When yes. and and maybe there's a bit of truth to that. Sure, sure, sure. But, but I it don't was, know. It was a shine they shine light on that. Oh, big time. Hard. Well what they wanted to do is 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 make that the reason for him crashing and making mistakes. Right. When in reality when they would talk about his driving, they would say that, you know, 
He's pushing he, it to the he's edge. He's pushing it to the edge, the edge and and is not learning to to push back from that edge, right? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. going over that edge too frequently. Mm-hmm. And even and he's even being told by the team manager like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, kind of take a step back." Yes. But he's not doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so like they they even pointed the screens like, "Oh, why is he breaking that hard? He shouldn't even be breaking that hard." Yeah. And then he's yawning during the engineering yeah. session. It's yeah. like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every yawn he did. Yeah. So to me the the driving pieces and the reason why he's having wrecks doesn't tie into how it was presented outside mm. of the car yes right it's yes. it's just it's 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 bs it felt like it a and then the bit. whole lando versus ricardo thing yeah that one was a little silly too yeah it seemed like it right yeah big time yeah because there probably isn't really a rivalry it's just nah. awkward moments like you and i have that yeah even, right? yeah absolutely yes and then but but it wasn't even that like they're two independent cars but they're yes. trying to make it seem like lando's throwing ricardo uh, under the bus you're not mm-hmm. saying that he can't drive or whatever and that he doesn't really need to he doesn't feel sorry for him yes and he shouldn't one. right yeah it's a it's a solo sport yeah type, exactly, basically right yeah. And yes. ricardo knows he's like getting used to a different car it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a different mm-hmm. ramp up mm-hmm. so and, and like when they're together about this you can tell there's really nothing to it yes right but but the Drive to Survive show really carries like, that forward. Like there's a wedge. Uh-huh. Between oh, them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like a rivalry. Yeah. Between them. And then he's buddy-buddy with his oh, old yeah, teammate, Oh, yeah, you're right. Carlos Sainz. Yeah, he's like, oh, he still likes his ex. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Total soap opera, Yeah, dude. it and is. it was a little disappointing. Yeah. It was a little too much of that. And I understand it needs to be entertaining for the masses. Mm-hmm. And you and I are more looking for the automotive side of things. Right. You know, the nerdy where, shit. Yeah. Whereas there are the more mainstream audience might be into the soap opera side of things. Correct. Exactly. But glaringly, uh-huh. Verstappen was absent. Yes. In the whole show. And yes, I actually grabbed a quote that he had made to the Associated Press. Oh, okay. Press. Oh, what'd he say? So, and I quote, I'm not really a dramatic show kind of person. I just want facts and real things to happen. He added, the problem is they will always position you in a way they want. So whatever you say, they will try to make you look reckless or trying to make you whatever fits the story of the series. So I never really liked that. I prefer to just have a one-on-one interview with the person who would like to know me. I'm just a normal guy, and I grew up in a small town. All these things, the drama, is just not for me. It's not my world. End quote. Wow. And he has another quote. Okay. Uh, I don't like being part of it. They faked a few rivalry rivalries which don't really exist, so I decided not to be a part of it and did not give any more interviews after that because there is nothing you can show. Ah, uh, okay. So he called them out on all this, basically. Who was that rivalry that he was referencing? Just between him and Lewis? Oh or? no, I'm I, I I think him and Lewis. I think he I don't think it's as serious as the show makes it seem. Okay. Right. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a Red Bull Mercedes rivalry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I wouldn't say that they the drivers necessarily hate each other. Right. In that regard. Right. So I'm thinking that has something to do with it, too. Then there's probably maybe he's talking about the Lando Ricardo thing, too, because mm. these quotes were made after the show aired. Yes. You know, and they probably see it earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was interesting to hear that from him. I I, I mean, being like a Red Bull fan. Mm hmm. I did. I did expect to see him, you know, mm-hmm. but you didn't see him. Yes. And it got to the end, and I was like, "Where the hell is Verstappen?" You know, <laughs> he's the damn winner. Yeah, of no, the whole exactly. Dude, yes, he was yes. the champion. Yes, yes. And yeah. it, it, I mean, I think there was m- way more about like George Russell. 
Yeah, that was yeah. weird. That yeah. was that was a weird episode. Yeah, they because that so the George Russell thing they they sort of oh because he's I don't know the that seat. they manufactured. I think there might have been more there, but mm-hmm. him versus uh, Bottas. Yes, yes, yeah. That there was a big rivalry there, and the accident that they had kind of lent to that. Where they yes, yeah, yeah they cursed each they, other they, out. Yeah, Bottas flips him off. Yes, you know, or whatever, and uh-huh. yeah, like his seat was at risk, and they knew Russell was coming for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they made that seem a lot more dramatic than it needed to be. So that might be what he was alluding to as well. Showing him in his underwear was a weird shot too. Oh my god! Like yeah, zero that was understanding. It, I have zero. It, there was zero context for it. A thousand percent. Yeah, right? yeah. like that's there was no reason for that scene to be in there yeah other than maybe catering to a specific audience that would want to see him sure right i don't know i don't i don't know i don't rate them by sex appeal so i'm not sure, sure. if there is that oh, with yeah, f1 amongst, drivers yes yeah yeah so maybe like maybe he scored high with like the chicks with the, like, or whatever. yeah with the yeah with the like whatever panel groups they test uh-huh. this with uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he scored high so like all right let's show his ass yeah or maybe it was a test yeah, because I hadn't seen that before in these it was shows. A gay guy test. <laughs> uh, I was thinking women, but you know, okay. they, they, uh, <laughs> sure, Randy. <laughs> no, really though, it was a weird shot that uh, yeah, was completely like said, unnecessary. Felt, yeah, you're like it. Um, I'm glad you brought it up because it, it, it was gratuitous. It was definitely gratuitous. It did feel out of place, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it just felt like, whoa, what the hell was that? You know? right, right. It almost felt like I did stumble, like open a door and catch somebody dressing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it didn't why? even it didn't even feel like he was OK with it. Yes. That's right? why. Yeah. It was like, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah. That's. Uh, but then they, they even talk about who who did he mention that didn't wear underwear? I don't remember that quote. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Under the race suit, was it? Yeah, he made a comment like that when they were like, oh, why are you recording me in my underwear Mm. or something? I forget. I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was odd, too. This season, as a whole, Mm -hmm. feels like it's starting to trend down. Yeah. It did, huh? they're, They're milking the social media side of the world these days. The bad side of social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, but... I will say I will still continue to watch it. Um, I'm afraid to continue to watch it. But you're probably going to. I don't know. Because yeah? the reason why I still watch the Fast and the Furious movies mm-hmm. is because I feel like in my head I've invested so much time already okay. that I need to keep continue watching. If there's 20 of them, I will watch all 20. Okay. I don't want F1 to become that. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So now I'm like, especially with this season, I'm like starting to figure out like, you know, there isn't there isn't anything more than what I saw during the season anymore. Oh, I yeah. feel like seasons yeah. one, two and even three provided a lot more insight into what was going on. Right. Right. It was even though there was documentary. Than yeah. And docufiction. Yes. Whereas now they're really into the docufiction. They're going piece. super soap opera. Yeah. Soap opera. That's yeah. not to say that, you know, even in one, they weren't manufacturing drama because they were doing some of that. But mm-hmm. it's expected. All documentaries have a perspective, mm-hmm. a lens that they're looking at this information through. Sure. But now it's just it's, it's too feeling much milked hard. Oh yeah, for right? sure they're yes. milk they're milking. Yeah, those teats are drying the <laughs> fuck out. It's too yes, much. Yes, yeah. So yes. 
We'll see about the next season, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is the start of a downward trend. Okay. Uh, because they want to appeal to the masses, which is especially the Americans, because yeah. it worked. This show yeah. worked. Yeah. And gaining us as fan, me as fan. I I I don't know if I'll yeah. For you. I mean, I was a fan. This season kind of uh, fell flat for me. But is this show the trigger that caused you to start watching? Oh uh, no, I watched it before. Oh okay. yeah, I did okay. watch it before. But that, that's kind of where that, and that's kind of where I'm coming from, right? It's kind of like. Well, if you want more of the car side, the technical side, just watch the races. Right. So that's what I'm going to have to do. Just watch I the races. See. It's I fine. Mm-hmm. So I'll get up at the butt crack of dawn and, and watch races. Now. What other notes did you capture? That's pretty much it. You know, kind of the Red Bull versus Mercedes thing at the end. You uh-huh. know, kind of everybody's been beaten to death. You are team. Uh, neither. It's kind of like watching the Dodgers play the Braves. I don't really care. What an asshole. I, that example will, of all the examples oh, you give that example. My basketball example will be Warriors Cavs when LeBron and Curry. I dude, not being of the you didn't tribe. Have a camp? Really? Yes. You yes. didn't have a camp? I didn't. I really didn't. Dude, I wanted the Cavs to bury the Warriors. Oh, well, you, because you're L.A. biased. Yeah, yeah. Anti-Bay yeah. Area teams. Really? Yes. I Surprisingly, don't... when I put the poll on our Instagram, mm-hmm. I was expecting a pretty decent 50-50 split. Okay. It was almost exclusively Team Red Bull. Oh, really? Yeah. Underdogs. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of Honda team like that's fanboy. true too, and BMW people don't like Mercedes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's use some of those call yeah, the, some of those true. things out. Right? And I'm firmly Team Red Bull. Yeah, firmly Team mm-hmm. Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was kind of happy about the outcome. I was I was happy about the outcome. It's nice to see a new challenger win. Right, right, yeah. Because it freshens up like a long winning streak. Yeah, like the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, right oh, for so, sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it, it was cool. It was exciting. It was great that it came to the last race. Yeah, and you I know? think you know I I do feel like F one was like we need to have a dramatic ending because you know Lewis Hamilton was up by a lot. Yes, he was. You know, it was a nearly impossible feat at that point mm-hmm. for Verstappen to win. Mm-hmm. But whenever there's an accident, right, that wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. You're not going to wreck a car. Another team is not going to wreck a car to help out the situation. Absolutely. But So that's firmly part of the, of the race. Yes. The, and so that bunches up the cars mm-hmm. and gives Verstappen a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the rule about the lapped cars passing the safety car, that's where things get a little sketchy. Okay. Especially since initially they said no, and then they said yes, but only some of the cars. Yes. And part of me does believe that they did that to generate kind of the like the heroic last lap, right? Uh, the right, final. He, he got to do a pit stop, fresh tires. Right? That was stra- that was good strategy by Red Bull, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that they were expecting at that point. They didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Okay. So th- they were hoping they were putting fresh tires, hoping that he, he would be able to get past the lap cars and then pass Lewis Hamilton. Uh-huh. I'm thinking. And then got a shot at being right behind him, mm-hmm. which I, I understand how that would frustrate Mercedes. Absolutely. But they also understand, you know, F1 wanting to manufacture kind of the best season ending ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Controversial as hell. 
It's it it's lit. The championship is literally coming down to the last lap yeah. of the last race yes. of the season. Yeah. Yes. Incredible. It got me tuned in. I have to admit, like, uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And it's it's like it's sort of like almost a historical moment. It mm-hmm. felt like you mm-hmm. know when you were watching it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden Verstappen Verstappen passes him, and it's yeah. just, it's I mean it was. You couldn't have filmed it, yeah. And like you know, written it's the script. Any di- it's yeah, literally it's a, movie. a movie. Yeah, it's the Mighty Ducks it's or whatever. Literally, yes. literally a movie. But I, I, I don't, I, I don't exclude the fact that, uh, that the F one organization had a hand in there, right? You know, even though they played in very gray areas in terms of the rules, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no real precedent for what happened. Yes. But lap cars do generally pass the safety car, mm-hmm. but it's usually all of them, mm-hmm. not just the ones in front of Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. But I mean, I was happy about the end of that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I guess you didn't have a team in the skin in the game. Not really. I mean, you could maybe I could argue that yeah, being a Honda fanboy, I probably may lean that way. Yeah. But um, because I'm kind of a bandwagoner fan of F1. Yeah. I will admit that. You don't have a team yet. Do you think you'll ever have a team? It's hard to say. I think you, we, you don't have a team because Mazepin, Mazepin left, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mad about that one. Yes. No. Um. I we talked about this. The World yeah. Cup. You feel tribal because your people are battling another in the, corrupt organi- organization. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very yeah, true. Yeah. And some people have said the same thing during the Warriors Cavs like. Uh, tug of war like yeah. the nba was kind of artificially throwing in so you, you know? need you need manny pacquiao to start driving that's a thousand percent right yeah and he could yeah <laughs> uh so he could i fit. finished that lap and then he passed me and then, <laughs> so I, I got the, out of the car and i punched him and <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh man yeah. yeah has there been a filipino f1 driver is it is no. No, it, that's not even on the radar. Well, could you count uh God, who was the Red Bull driver three years ago? Albon? Albon. He's Thai. He's from Thai his half Thai. Close, right? Not even. <laughs> that's like an eight hour flight. <laughs> no, four, sorry, four I mean, hour flight. That's, see, that's not that far. Yeah, that's far you enough. Don't, you don't that's, share a lot with the Thai. That's like between here and is Guatemala four hours away on yeah. a flight. Yeah. That's a, that's the same distance. And uh, very disparate country, people, culture. Oh yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. So oh, it's, yeah, I'm it's not just, saying it's the same culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that. Sure. But yes, no, it's not even like a, there's no like because he's Asian and brown. Like no, there isn't any brotherhood there uh, with Thai people. For uh, us. <laughs> Damn. Okay. No, it's just that's the reality yeah. of Asia. Oh, yes. Man. Yeah. Nope. So you'd probably feel you'll probably be a Sunoda fan more than. No, Albon. not even. Not even. We have a little bit of Japanese anti-Japanese history. Oh yeah, that's true. They invaded uh, Damn, the Philippines. So, so that means you're against Carlos Sainz too. Um, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> using history, I may be against oh everybody, yes. right? Sorry yes. if these history jokes are yeah, you know, yeah not, connect, no, not hitting. You know. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into our last segment of the day, which is. A track crisis. A track crisis. And this is going back to the gas crisis. Yes, indeed. And this one will be a little brief, but there are some updates. So there are obvious gas issues right yes. now. So I started doing the math. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to start doing full weekends at the track instead of what I, I had been doing, which is one day 
right? Yes. I've been doing like a Saturday. You've got the you've got the trailer. I've got the trailer now, right? No mm-hmm. more renting a U-Haul. I don't have to deal with that. I'm going straight home after. Mm-hmm. The situation is prime for doing that. Yeah. Except gas got expensive. Yeah. I a, a decent estimate based on the gas that I go through is three tanks of gas on a full a full weekend. Mm-hmm. That is 15 gallons of gas each tank. So 45 total gallons mm-hmm. of gas. At six bucks a pop. At six bucks a pop. Basically, to cut a long story short, I'm down. I, I'm basically what I was spending on the U-Haul. Mm-hmm. Is what I am spending on the gas difference now. <laughs> well, at least you offset it. I, I at least well, I offset it, right? No, because you paid cash money for the U-Haul. But, but the, if I ever sell the trailer, I'm getting oh, all my money that's back. That's true. Right? It's an investment. Yeah, it's exactly. You've invested. It's an investment. You're not, not burning cash. I'm not burning. I'm yes. not going to gain, but I'm not yes. burning. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so in that sense, mm-hmm. I'm offsetting the cost, but I was really hoping to reduce my cost. Yes. Because your boy got some wheels. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You, yeah. I got some Titan yeah. Sevens. Yes. Yes, you did. Uh, my, my recommendation and your many recommend- others. Yes, definitely. Yes, yeah. uh, Carlos had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shout out to the Striker boys um, that actually uh, helped me out and decide, you know, which wheel I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, go to them for anything that you need in terms of cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they kind of helped me out. The unfortunate part with the Titan 7s is there's only one wheel that they make for the E36. And it's a crazy The width. TS5. Yeah, which is gorgeous by the way. Oh my god. When, so when I saw it on the on the page, yeah, you know, I was yeah, kind of right, you know? yeah. But yeah. when I saw Striker post the wheels, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, damn. that's the wheel I'm taking to the track. Yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's definitely yeah. So like I I kind of got into this I'll, I'll I'll leave that to the side with the wheels, right? But what I'm what I was trying to get at is that now I'm needing to spend all this money. Kind, I need new brakes, right, for for this season, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of my rotors were not in the greatest condition. Yes, there was still some life there, but it was time to change them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hoping to be able to offset costs. Now I'm getting to the point where gas is more ex- expensive, right? All parts are getting more expensive. Thanks to gas. Thanks to gas and supply chain exactly. issues. Exactly. Yep. So like I this I picked the worst hobby for trying to offset costs <laughs> yeah it's definitely uh you gotta have money to play yeah uh yeah i mean you can do it with a little yeah but, but so far it's taking a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot yes, man and yes. and i do shit to myself i always try to be very budget conscious mm-hmm. right even mm-hmm. when i built the car i'm like yep. tracking all my expenses I'm i'm selling parts to offset it yep but ev- but I always get myself into these situations where one thing leads to another leads to another, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I needed some new track wheels. Yep. And uh, the Titans looked mighty appealing. You know, forged wheels, very powerful, strong wheels, proven wheel on the track. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, you know, the rule set that I am driving against mm-hmm. uh, would not dock me for points as long as I'm under 257 millimeters. Which means the widest I can go is two fifty five. Okay. So I was like, might as well go two fifty fives. Yes. So I ordered the wheels. Yes. I hadn't ordered the tires yet. I ordered the wheels. Uh huh. And then I look up the tire. What costs. it takes to fit uh, that tire on the E thirty six. So I hit up Cecil from uh, Motorsport Hardware. Is that a BMW 
house or something or they do motorsport hardware oh okay so they're <laughs> it's purely a race like a oh yeah they, grassroots race yeah, they are store. very well known in the industry for they do a lot of the stud conversions oh, for bmw okay, okay. pressing uh, yeah in. so i have yeah uh-huh. i have their 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 stud kit they don't press in they screw in okay mm-hmm. their stud kit and their spacers um, German only focused or just um, general general track? Well, it's German house. only because Germans are the ones that do the most wheel bolt thing, which oh, is weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. But I mean, they do Porsche and all that stuff. Okay. Um, and then they, they do parts for other cars. So I hit him up because he has an E36 and runs the same wheels. Mm. So I hit him up. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, uh, you run these wheels. In order to run 255s, you know, do I need to roll my fenders? Yes. And he replies back, well, depending on the tire, you're either going to have to roll and pull or shave. And I was wow. like, oh, my God, I already ordered the wheels. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh-huh. I'm going to have to hire somebody to, to do this for me. I don't know how to do this job. Yeah. I don't want a hack job. You know, yes. I like this car. Uh-huh. So then I was like, okay, I guess I'll get like 245s instead of 255s. Uh-huh. And then like roll. Uh-huh. You know, and then I was like, "Why?" You okay. know, like just if you're gonna go, go balls deep. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. so I was like, "Let's go 255s." So then I I I ordered the 255s, and now I'm finding that I have to shave the rears, but I can get away with rolling the fronts, and I don't Damn. have to pull. Wow! But I'm gonna be at max meat. For, oh, for wow. track days. Well, that's how. That's you know? the best way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Max you know, so meat. max uh-huh. meat. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Maximum meatage. <laughs> nice. So, but the problem with that is, is that I turned a, what was gonna be a sort of a thousand dollar used wheel expense uh-huh, to a now three thousand dollars no with four almost three thousand dollars uh, let's okay let's go msrp on yes. everything yep i didn't pay msrp on everything mm-hmm. i did get some deals on tires and stuff mm-hmm. but if we're talking no we're talking about 3500 all in before pull in with pull with pull yeah with pull because you got 2200 for the titans mm-hmm. 800 dollars for a set of rt660s which is the ones that i ordered okay three grand and oh and then plus i'm estimating another 500 for pulling and shaving okay um which i was budgeting <laughs> again a thousand dollars about 1800 at most ah you know a thousand yeah, for the wheels yeah. 800 for i was gonna get some used apexes i already had some in my sights mm. But then I went diva with it, dude. And I don't yeah. know how you do it, man. I have some I have some remorse. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry for advising you. I, 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 well, I don't know how you do it with some of your stuff. Like, so now I'm getting, maybe it'll have a good result, but I'm at a place where with these wheels where I feel like it's going to play in my head a little bit about like going off oh yeah you know like i have to be comfortable with scuffing up these wheels that's very true they're not street wheels yeah they're gonna be coming on and off on and off right like it's not they're not gonna be you know i've never spent this amount of money on wheels one yeah ever i don't think i've ever have you ever bought new wheels? I bought new wheels once in my life. Me too. Yeah, but they the were like cast wheels. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That yeah. was the only time I bought new wheels. So uh-huh. this is the first. This is my first legitimate set of wheels. 
Yes. So I, I, it's going to take me a little while to get over that. It's scary. Yeah. It's definitely scary. Now here's another, uh, you know, track crisis item, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I, the wheels arrived at my house. No, the tires arrived at my house today. I haven't picked up the wheels. They're still at Striker. Okay. I'm picking them up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all excited, right? I stacked the wheels in my garage. New rubber. Hell yeah. It smells about, nice. It, it's about yeah. to go down, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlos hits me up and he's like, oh, before you buy new tires, just want to let you know that it's coming out with the with the RT six sixties that they're having delamination issues. Oh, really? Fuck! Because you bought RT six sixties. I just bought them, but the and they just came out last year, like right in the yeah. summer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there, there, there are two camps, right? There's mm-hmm. the camp that's saying, you know, the that this is user error. Okay. Right. People aren't running them at the right PSIs. Okay. They're not taking care of them. Mm-hmm. They're not using enough camber, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do. I have invested in a pyrometer. I check my pressures, right? What's a pyrometer? Um, uh, to check the temps on the tires. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, so you know, you know, if you're running too much camber, not enough, whatever. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so because of that, I'm not as concerned. But I almost wish he wouldn't have told me because I do tend to fixate. Oh, okay. So what happens is, like, I'll be on the track uh-huh. and I'm putting down a flyer. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, shit. There's a delamination concern. This shit might blow up, and now I'm screwed. So what's the delamination issue? The like, the especially the, the tread like breaks and splits apart from the tire. Oh, but so okay. far what I've seen, it's not catastrophic like that, right? It's it's a little more gradual. You get off the track and you see that there are cracks ah. and it's starting to come off, right? In that case, I'm not too concerned. I'll probably be able to feel it as I'm driving and know mm-hmm. to come off. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a bummer that I just spent 800 bucks on these tires. Yep. And now that there's these issues. But Carlos has never had this issue. Okay. He drives like a madman, right? Yes. Um, and they're on the Type R, which is like 4,000 pounds. So it's not a heaviness issue. They're on the Type R. Yeah, the, the Civic Type R he drives. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the tire that he, yeah, the tire that he, he runs. runs on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, with my car being 2,900 right now, you know, all those things considered, as long as I'm taking care and really paying attention, yep. I should be fine. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of a bummer. It is kind of one of those things that's worrying me that it's going to sit in my brain while I drive. Because mm-hmm. I, I am, my my head condition reflects in my driving. If uh, I'm not confident, yeah. I won't do good times with drive to survive. That's kind of true uh, yeah. at all levels. I'm basically an F1 driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got the earbuds in and everything. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes. that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't feel, I honestly don't feel comfortable about this purchase, man. Oh really? Yeah. Like I said, I feel From like a cost perspective. Yeah. I feel like it should have been a, a, an E92 purchase. Ah, uh, right. Wait, they fit on the E92, right? Cause they're they 17s had... though. Wait, they fit on the E92, but yes. the E92 has 19s. Okay. So it'd yeah. be too much meat for the E92. I mean, I could get like a, you should at least see how they look on it. Nah, I come mean, on, man. I guess I could, I guess I could try. If, <laughs> yeah, I'm, then if you I'm get... not feeling lazy one day, I could try. I am thinking of getting some for the E92. You should, but I'm like, I'm gonna give it a break. Forged for all, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna give it a break because my pocket it just hurts. Oh yeah. yeah, I know the feeling. It's heavy, man. Yes, yes, indeed. But it's on the cheaper side of the wheels. Yes. <laughs> so 
I, I went from wanting to offset the the uh, trailer cost with buying a trailer yes. and spending less on parts to now having to spend a ton of money on ca- gas and giving that up completely for buying some diva-ass wheels to flex at the... Amen, brother. Oh, dude. <laughs> I can't wait, though, And man. it's just March. It's just March. <laughs> it's just March, yes. man. Yes. But I do plan to compete very soon. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I'm going to use probably the next couple of drag days to kind of figure out the tire situation, make yeah. sure, make sure I'm, I'm figuring out the specs that I need to be driving at. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of the sensitivity of this tire kind of does put a wrench in things. Yes. Because the plan for me was to swap, to swap, right? Your, use the your cheap, best lab, use the cheap tires and then swap the six sixties to put down a flyer. Yes. But it looks like I'm going to have to do some testing with the 660s to understand what PSIs I need to be be at, what camber should I run, right, to make sure that I'm optimizing them because it seems like they are a finicky wheel, finicky tire mm-hmm. in that regard, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer because, like, the RE71Rs were sort of just a throw-it-on-and-go type of tire. I see. I see. But, I mean, with anything, if you want to eke out performance, you're going to have to run the data. So. It's super technical yeah so i mean i i knew what i was getting into right i'm, yeah. I'm my own race race team so yeah you put jordans on the car yeah <laughs> the uh, equivalent of yeah. wearing jordan that's so crazy Shoes. dude yes. now that the e36 m3s are worth so much it doesn't feel as bad the sorry the what m3s the, the e36 M3s, oh okay right because okay, yes. if you like putting like two thousand dollar wheels in a two thousand dollar car mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, don't Honda. I don't know man mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. would you put volks on your prelude obviously not you never did no that that car was never worthy in my mind yeah it was a two thousand dollar car or, a little or, more but or i was i would consider like the the 90s volks the late ones or sorry the late 90s ones that aren't like forged yeah some of the um true to that era designs yeah that's where I would go at most, but yeah, that's that's it at max. Yeah, so I'm really hoping for like a warranty situation on some of these tires if that if this does happen. Well, at 800 bucks, dude. Like, I would almost also I was gonna say there's a rubber shortage right now, so you may have gotten in before the prices spiked. Oh, so it may be an investment. Damn. <laughs> no, just kidding. I what but, condoms cost? Uh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Three kids later, who knows? <laughs> I have no idea, clearly. Yes. And I think with that... That is our episode. That is it? our episode. <laughs> How do you find us, John? You can find us at 91octane.com. That is all letters, no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 91octane. And also, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. It's free. Help us out. Most of our audience listens to the show, doesn't watch the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you feel so inclined... Go ahead and watch the first half of the first half of this one. Yes. Uh, if you want to send us any emails, info at 91octane.com. And again, if you want to try the best coffee Guatemala has to offer from some of my home farms, mm-hmm. uh, Carrera.cafe, and use code BIGWILLOW to get 10% off your entire order. Randy, any last words? No last words this week. Okay, cool. Yes. All right. Good night. Good night.